right? We got a lot of different things coming at you today, okay? And I'm just sensing a little bit of a lull right now. That. We don't got time for that. Right? Let's go. Crank it. Crank it, Glenn Cross. Woo! Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk with Derek Johnson and Nick Springer on FM 1017 and 1320 KLWN. Depend on it. Hey, what's happening? Welcome into another edition of Rock Chalk Sports Talk with Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. Hey. Nick is sad today. I'm surprised Nick came into the studio. I'm devastated. It was a tough one last night. It's all right. Okay, you'll just go seventeen and one. And we'll talk. We'll talk plenty about this. It's not tough in terms of no. Yeah, it's the it's, loss yeah, itself. It's it's yeah, whatever. How you lost and who you lost to. I think at the top that leads to that. So we'll get plenty into that through today's show. Uh, we're going to be joined by Kevin Flaherty of twenty four seven Sports at four forty. Couldn't have him on yesterday because we had the uh, short show out for pregame coverage. We got another edition of Florida Man Mad Libs in the 5 o'clock hour to try to lighten the mood a little bit toward the end of the show. And we got some uh, audio from both Bill Self, Jalen Wilson, and K.J. Adams. The NFL playoff action continues. We are one step closer to Super Bowl 57. For the NFL Divisional Round, check out DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in free bets instantly. Plus, all new and existing customers can take a shot at an even bigger payout with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Boost your NFL winnings with each leg you add up to 100%. You can also bet on... Other sports going on, like tonight, we got a couple Big 12 matchups. TCU, who's going to be KU's next opponent on Saturday. They're at West Virginia, and we were kind of talking about this before the show. TCU is the underdog. West Virginia, I don't I don't know. Vegas knows something yeah. line, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. West Virginia's minus two and a half. So I feel like the immediate temptation is just to be like, oh, TCU's way better. Give me TCU. But yeah. I think I want to steer into the Vegas knows something line. Yeah, yeah. If you, if you buy into that theory. It's high over theory. under, by the way. 149? Which that, that seems too high too because West Virginia stinks, right? They can't score. Doesn't that seem too high? All right, which which would you rather do? Just for the purposes of the, of this little bit here, West Virginia minus two and a half or under one forty nine? Probably under one forty nine. All right, so we'll do under one forty nine, and then the other Big Twelve game going on tonight is Oklahoma Oklahoma State. Yep. Oklahoma State's the home team. They're giving up two points. The over under this one disgusting one twenty seven and a half. I don't even want to touch that. I feel oh, you like you take, take the Oklahoma over State at home. <laughs> I'm not. T- <laughs> I feel like you Oklahoma State at home. Yeah, but I might yeah. do the money line minus one forty because I see being a one point game. Yeah, sure. Just yeah. for the sake of this, let's do it. So if you did a parlay, Oklahoma State money line minus one forty, the under one forty nine in TCU West Virginia, parlay it out plus two twenty. That's pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty good. good. You can do that at DraftKings. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use code KLWN. New customers can bet $5 on the NFL Divisional Round this weekend. Get 200 in free bets instantly. Only a DraftKings Sportsbook with code KLWN. Gambling problem? Getting help is your best bet. Call 800-522-4700. 21 and older, physically present in Kansas. Bonus issued is free bets. One boost per eligible game. Opt-in required. 10-plus leg required for 100% boost. Deposit, parlay, and wagering restrictions apply. Eligibility and terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com football terms on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. Kansas falls to Kansas State by one digit in overtime in Manhattan last night. Pain. 
the the start of the game felt like a carbon copy to the start of the game last year. Like the first half, you had yeah. Last year it was basically just one guy doing it um, with Nigel Pack. This year it was a little bit. I mean, it was I a mean, couple it was guys. Still kind of one guy. Well, sort of was. was I mean, Desi Sills was the main guy, but Keontae Johnson kind of went yep. off. They also had the yep. uh, I can't remember the name of the kid. The the stretch four who hits threes for them. No, Tomlin was was good too. I, I guess it was kind of a, a mix of everyone. Um, and, oh, uh, Ismail Massad. Yes, yes, yes. He hit a couple threes uh, in the first half. And when you look at the bad first half, then you add in the guys fouling out. But it wasn't even that out. bad of the first half. I mean, no, I mean, they, they ended up tight. Yeah, I, I guess the bad first part of the first half. But you add that in, guys fouling out who aren't yeah. going to foul out a lot more this season. Let like, That was bad. There will be other games KU players foul out. There might be another game where two KU players well, foul just, out, let I mean, alone just, two starters. Probably uh, won't be another game where three players, let alone three starters, Yeah, I was going to say, from a macro perspective, like, Forget KU. How many times in the entire country is a team going to have three starters foul out in one game? Yeah, no, it, it doesn't happen. It's not going to happen. Like rarely do does a team even have three players. Even if yeah. it's like a bench center who like his lone job <laughs> is to take fouls, does that happen? Yeah. Um, so you have that. You had an inability to make like a key stop late in the game in the overtime. Uh, you had an inability to execute down the stretch in some of the key moments of the game. Yeah. You had an an inability to to score the basketball with anybody besides Jalen Wilson after all those guys fouled out because you know KJ and Grady were were scoring for you yep. both put up fifteen plus yep. but they fouled out and nobody else could score because KJ fouled out early yeah he did and Kevin fouled out early too but he wasn't yeah. really scoring um, he actually didn't score at all so no besides Jalen Wilson nobody could score you also could not buy a three. Even Grady Dick couldn't buy a three. I mean, Jalen yeah. hit half of your threes in the game. Yep. And it does stink because, again, it's it's a loss to Kansas State. It is a loss. I mean, you never like to lose, but especially in a moment like that. And and you almost feel like you wasted that great Jalen Wilson game. It was kind of like you texted me. You were like Jalen Wilson over his dead body game. Yep. And it felt like that was going to be the case there. Yep. But unfortunately... The guy who was having that game did not get to touch the ball on the last possession of yeah. regulation or of overtime. Otherwise, who knows? Maybe Kansas wins the game. Yeah, Dewan was good, really good, but he also kind of late in games. I don't know, man. He he late in the game. He just uh, he there was a couple times where he just didn't didn't make the right decision. I mean, I, I don't I don't know. It's just, don't no, know. it's just, it's just it's 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 befuddling because you don't see that type of stuff from Dewan. Yeah, yeah, and, and I understand. You know, from the outside, from the outside perspective, it's probably like, just throw it to Jalen. What are mm-hmm. we doing? And I'm, I'm, you know, there's obviously a lot more complexities that go into that late game situation. But you got to find a way to get him the ball, or at least try to get him the ball. I mean, he wasn't even, yeah. he wasn't even looked at. And to be clear, it wasn't like just a one. I think a lot of people mess. I, I think they said that Bobby Pettiford was like he was the sideline out of bounds guy, and he'd never been that, and self kind of alluded to he yeah. might have not done the right thing on I don't know if it was yeah, both the plays I, I or the end one that the so Bill Self I was thinking about this Bill Self never calls timeouts late in games yeah. never especially if Dewan Harris has the ball he really really trusts Dewan late in the game yeah that's the one that and people calls, are really pointing to and he calls the timeout late and I, I can only assume or I suspect that the reason he did that is because at that point in the game you've got three of your non-starters on the floor right I mean you only have Jalen and Dewan as your two starters on the floor so he probably was just like okay well I you know, I'm going to use the timeout here in this situation because we've got guys that are maybe inexperienced in practice of trying to run that those late game situations, and obviously it, it kind of ends up burning Kansas, even though it's really just a bad timing situation where like you can't. I mean, you know, it's just 
It's just that's just how it goes. I guess yeah. sometimes. No, it does. It's how it yeah. goes. I, I think. Uh, there's not very often that I mean, there's always a small subsect of fans in in everything that's going to be like, oh, but this guy sucks, or you know, it, it'll be like, it's the LeBron James is is one of the greatest basketball players of all time. Somebody will be like, oh, his stats are overinflated, but right, there's always a small sect of of someone trolling or or just trying to be a contrarian, but realistically, that's such a small sect. So there's always going to be a, a group of fans, like a very small sect, who's like, oh, Bill Self messed this up, when in reality, I don't know that that's the case. Very rare are there actually games where you'll have a, maybe not a majority, but a big chunk of the fan base where they actually do like point and be like, man, Bill Self kind of messed that up. Yeah. Not to say the whole thing was on his game. And, and to be clear, I'm not saying that. But you had the last time I can remember this happening was the Oklahoma game. Uh, that the was Trey 2019 Young or 2018. I think it was 2018. Where Hack a Doke? Yes, and they kept him in the game. Yep. And the the goal there was to try to keep Doke's confidence up for the long term. It was a long-term play for the short-term gain, and unfortunately it didn't work out, and Self kind of took responsibility for that. Um, and that was kind of the last time this happened. Now, to be clear, I am not blaming Bill Self at all for what happened. Well, and also, if you look at him starting to take the timeout, he starts trying yeah, to take yeah. the timeout when there's so like that, eight that is, on the play clock. That's just, you a, know? That's just a complete... It was just crap luck. Yeah, that's crap just luck. a complete bad timing thing. It really But was. also, when you consider Bill Self, if you were to look back at close games Kansas has played over the last, let's say, six months, eight months, 12 months, the dude has been phenomenal. Yes. Like the greatest coach of all time. Especially and in those late game one situations. game... Just yeah. one game where it just doesn't quite work out. And again, it was just kind of crap luck with the just timing. how it happens. It's just yeah. how it happens. It really is. Uh, my 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 gut reaction immediately after the game was, I was thinking this game was lost at the three point line and at the free throw line for Kansas. And after some time to think about it, I went back and looked at the numbers. Kansas shot twenty four of thirty four from the free throw line in that game. That's seventy percent from the line. As a team this season, they are averaging seventy percent from the line. So then that kind of changed my perspective on the free throw line situation, where it's like. I mean, they shot exactly what they've shot off average as a team for the season. So I don't really know how much you want to read into that and say, okay, well, maybe that maybe you shouldn't be blaming that on missed free throws. But the three-point situation, that is that is tough. Mm-hmm. I can think of five, six, seven really, really quality three-point looks for Kansas that didn't go in this game. And I can also think of four, five, six really, really terrible looks for K-State that did go. Yeah, like a couple okay. of the Desi Sills shots, which again, Desi Sills... That like he's, he's a 22% yes. three-point shooter! Yeah. He, he, 22! Uh, that was remarkable, and he's hitting like these step-back 30-footers and stuff. Like, yes, they did have some open threes that they hit and they <laughs> took advantage of, yeah, but those no, ones yeah. you don't expect to go down, and, and while yeah, Brady early, Dick's early, getting wide open, or Kevin McCullers getting wide open, you expect a couple of those to go down, they just didn't. Yeah, early in the game, Keontae Johnson hit two threes, and they were very, very yes. wide open. <laughs> Very wide open. But but like I said, Grady Dick, one for eight. And listen, one for eight is like a tough shooting night for anybody. But for Grady Dick, that's like really bad. Yeah. Like, is Grady Dick going to go one for eight from three in a game the rest of the season? Probably not, right? I don't think that's going to happen again the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. So it's just, you know, it's just one of those games where you just didn't hit enough open shots. When it, I think is really what it comes down to, especially early in the game, there was a lot of open shots. And and in the second half, when the scoring kind of got bogged down, uh, I think you really, really saw the importance of KJ Adams. If KJ Adams th- doesn't foul out or is even is able to play a little bit longer, I think Kansas maybe wins the game, right? And the biggest thing for KJ is, obviously, we've seen him become such an integral part of scoring for the offense. But not only on that, he plays such a vital role in just running the half court offense. 
I mean, Kansas's half-court offense over the last four, five, six games has been Dewan and KJ pick and roll, and then basically everything else that happens in the half-court is predicated off of that action to start the offense. And KJ and Dewan have such an incredible chemistry, that's why it works so well, is Dewan comes off and he knows he can either throw it to KJ, who is either going to go score or he's going to find the open man on the perimeter, or Dewan can keep it off the roll and kick it to a man on the perimeter. Like, those two guys, they really, really run that two-man game so, so well, and that that kind of is what sets the rest of the offense in motion. Mm-hmm. And you saw what happened when KJ was not in the game and it was only Dewan. They continued to try to run that action with Zach Clements, and I think even with Zuby too, and it just wasn't the same. It just wasn't the same. It wasn't the same because Zach and Zuby, you know, aren't quite as athletic as KJ is, maybe don't see the floor as well for a big as KJ does. Dewan doesn't have the same confidence in them to make the plays that maybe he would have with KJ out there. Like, it, the whole entire half-court offense kind of just started to crumble after that because KJ wasn't in the game. So I think, really, to me, it highlighted more, even more so of KJ scoring. But beyond that, what really, really it showed me was KJ is almost as vital in the half-court as Dewan is, as a guy who creates the action that they like to run in the middle of the court and is able to, to facilitate the ball almost just as well as Dewan or even go score as well. So that's really what stood out to me. That's, that's what I noticed the most from KJ not being in the game. Yeah. I I think that's 100% accurate because we were we were certainly interested in that matchup coming in. The idea because, of, look, when KJ went out, the offense became Dewan dribble around yeah. and find Jalen and Jalen go create. Yes. They didn't, and have, especially they didn't have anything once, else. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Um, as as much as Kevin has been struggling with the shots, and and that certainly is a worry for for me. We're going to talk kind of more in depth on that tomorrow. But um, he at least is another ball handler out there who can you know dribble a little bit and create in between the lane. And you just didn't have that. You didn't have that scoring punch when all those guys were were down. Yeah. KJ was pretty unstoppable getting to the rim. Yeah, and yeah. he was able to use his strength to. I mean, KJ was playing phenomenal. Yeah, kind of going to the think, body of Tomlin and everything. Yeah, like I said, if KJ doesn't foul out, he probably scores. 25 points, maybe more. I mean, he was he was he was dominating. Especially no, he didn't miss time. a shot. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, that that just kind of stunk. Those the the late game moments are are keep. It's what keeps getting me. And we're going to share share the Bill Self audio later in the show. And he kind of talks about this that they kind of lost the game in those late situation moments. The end of the first half, they give up a bucket to Keontae Johnson. The end of the yep. first half, they or the end of the second half, they um go from being up with the ball to then they call the timeout, then they miss the shot after the after timeout play didn't work and Jalen has to take kind of a prayer fading three, then they can't make a stop, then they mess up the the final possession without getting a shot and they have to make a stop and and Zuby did a great job getting back and contesting the layup from Keontae Johnson to, to keep it to overtime and then in overtime you don't give it up a shot at the end of the game to where like um, just kind of a mess for you in the late game situations and one thing that we always praise Bill Self for and that he is the elite of the elite probably the best coach in the country is getting Kansas easy buckets after timeouts and it's just funny because it's, I mean, it's not funny funny but it's like in a cynical way um, that basically you had you had three out of timeouts plays to basically win you the game, the two in the final minute of regulation, the one in the last possession of overtime, and you basically you had two turnovers and a prayer shot, and then the one out-of-timeout play that K-State had won them the game on the lob to Keontae Johnson. So yeah. it's like you have this thing that is such a strength that 
just in the final moments of that game for whatever reason. And I don't know, and it could I mean, just I, be because think, you had three players yeah, you're not think, used to playing on yeah, the floor, I think right? Yeah, I think you definitely have to chalk up some of it to that too. But I, I, what I was really impressed with, and like you said, we'll hear the audio from Bill Self, is Bill Self owned it. And I think that is a sign of a really, really great leader as a coach, right? To be like, hey, listen, that's on me. Like, we didn't even get a shot up. That's on me, right? Because, like, it's one thing it's one thing late in a game to try to win a game, you have a possession, and, you know, maybe the execution's not quite there, but you you still get a shot up, right? To not even get a shot up, like, that's a complete breakdown, right? If you don't, if you get a shot up and miss, it's disappointing, but it's like, okay, you know, we had a shot or whatever, right? When you don't even get a shot up, and, in fact, you actually turned it over twice, like you said, like, that... That's really tough. That's really really tough. And I'm and you know like I said we hear from Bill Self and and I mean that's that's something that from Kansas under Bill Self I don't think we'll see ever again. And yeah, I think you have to chalk up some of it to the fact that you don't have starters on the floor. Kind of what I alluded to with when he called the timeout before the Jalen Wilson three. It's like Bill Self doesn't normally call timeouts late in games, especially when he's got Dewan out there. But when you have three of your starters on the bench, like it's probably pretty warranted. Like at, at the you know if Jalen Wilson takes that three and misses that three as Bill Self is calling the timeout, It's a there's no discussion there. There's literally no discussion. It's, okay, Bill Self called a timeout to drop a play, right? So that that whole idea, I think, is kind of silly of of kind of how we already outlined it. It was just bad timing. But, but yeah, I, I really, really love that Bill Self stepped up and was like, hey, we didn't get a shot off. That's on me. Like, that's on that's on me for, for not getting up, getting the guys in the right position to try to at least execute and make something happen. One thing that I thought was really interesting, and this is something we talked about on the show yesterday ahead of it, was how much is Kansas going to switch? They're traditionally a switching team at this point. Yeah. And they switched everything early in the game. When you look at the matchups to where K State is so driven by two players with Marquise Noel and Keontae Johnson, obviously Desi Steele's Sills just had the unbelievable game. But you wondered if they would not switch for those guys. You just leave Kevin McCuller on Keontae Johnson, you leave Dewan Harris on um, Marquise Noel. And early in the game, they were switching everything. Yep. And it led yep. to issues. And <laughs> yeah. that's how K-State ended up with a, a bunch of open shots and open threes at the beginning of the game. That, as the game went on, started to dissipate. And then DeWan kind of just took on the responsibility of getting through screens and covering Noel. And he did a really good job. Noel yeah. only had two points. So Yeah, I don't want to hear about Noel ever again. <laughs> like, I really don't. DeWan, DeWan is, did a DeWan's great job way better. Like, I just... I just don't. I don't want to hear about him. I yeah. don't want to hear about him. As much as it was weird to see Dewan kind of struggle along with the team in those late game situations, he did have eleven assists. He did a great job on on him defensively. Certainly, you would have liked the efficiency to be better because he struggled shooting the ball just like basically every other Kansas player outside of Jalen Wilson and, yeah. and KJ Adams. Yeah. Um. So, uh, that was kind of interesting to bring up. But I, I do think as much as Kevin struggled, him fouling out, I think hurt you the most on the Keontae Johnson part, where like. He, yeah, was, man, he was the guy know. you wanted I mean, to defend him. I don't know how many games we can come in here after the game and be like, Kevin McCullough, another terrible shooting night. But he, but oh, but he does so much for you everywhere else. He does so much for you everywhere else. Like, no, I, I, I mean, how many games in a row can we keep having that same discourse? No, no, no. To be clear, McCullough was a net negative last night. Like, that's for sure, right? I'm just saying, when you look at how the end of that game went, what did K-State do every single possession? They threw it to Keontae Johnson, <laughs> and he either dribbled or... Or he, they tried to like back him down yeah. at the high elbow, right? Yeah, yeah. That's Kevin McCuller on him. And I actually thought Jalen did a good job on him defensively, but 
Jalen, no, Jalen was great. He he was. I thought Jalen was excellent. But I think ideally, you have Kevin McCuller to kind of focus on that, and I think that would have helped you at the very least in those late game situations. Even though overall he did have a bad game, and I do think we need to give a moment to, to Jalen Wilson here for the game that he had. I mean, as I as I texted you last night, that was a Jalen over my dead body mm-hmm. game. He did he did everything he could. He was phenomenal. He had every free throw. He had every clutch free throw late in the game. Virtually every clutch shot he hit late in the game. He was just phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I mean, just just a really, really incredible game from him. And, and he played every second, right? And this is a game where if he plays every second and Kansas wins, obviously it's great. But now with the loss and he, and he played every second, you just have to hope that he's he can keep his legs under him really for this upcoming stretch that Kansas has, right? I mean, 45 consecutive minutes of, of what was really a war out there. I mean, that was that was physical, tough basketball. For 45 consecutive minutes. So I just hope that for, for Jalen, he doesn't – and I, I don't think he will. I don't think he's the type of player that, that is, this, this is going to happen to him. But, I mean, I just hope that doesn't demoralize him or doesn't kind of take away from his confidence or take away from what he thinks he can do both individually and with the team as a whole, right? Because he's a guy that we've already heard from in, earlier this season about how he just exudes confidence, especially when Kansas is in tough situations. He's the guy that sort of everyone turns to, and he, as he should be. He's the senior. He's the guy that's probably the most experienced him to one uh, in in big games and close games, right? So I just hope that a loss like this doesn't rattle that at all, and he's able to still bounce back from it mentally, but also physically from playing 45 consecutive minutes. Because again, you look at Kansas' stretch of next six or seven games, they are going to need Jalen. And they're going to need him to be a, a pretty big factor if, if they want to come into this, come out of this next stretch of games feeling pretty good about their stance in the Big 12. Yeah, this stretch is absolutely brutal. And so from that standpoint, it sucks to lose because you do have so many difficult games in front of you. And you could have had the opportunity to really gain another notch up on the Big but, 12, but not discouraged at all about yeah, what Yeah, but I do is. feel like this is kind of like a – this. I think this could be almost like a watershed game mm-hmm. for Kansas where it's like it fuels them sort of for the rest of the of conference play. Yeah. So that's that's kind of what I hope happens for them is is this is a game where they're like, all right, let's let's lock in, let's go on from here. Yeah, and this it doesn't change at all. Like my thoughts on Kansas that they're the Big Twelve title favorites, no, but they still no, betting wise yeah. they are. Um, they're still like still a top five you know, team. Exactly. Like it's it's not the loss itself. I mean, you played pretty poorly. You missed a lot of mm-hmm. open shots. You had three starters foul out, and you took a, a team that is playing on their home floor in their Super Bowl, the only game they care about. You took them to overtime and nearly beat them. Yeah, and they look like a top and K State. K State might actually be like a top twenty team. Yep. So you take a top twenty team in their biggest game ever, at home, with three starters out. You miss a lot of shots. You don't play particularly great, really, in the first half, and you took them to overtime and lost by one. Yep, it happens. It's a really tough conference. You were going to lose games. It's just unfortunate who it's to. I think that's yeah, kind of I mean, what it drives from. If this was a TCU or Baylor, who cares? <laughs> He's Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. I don't even care. (laughs) This is Rock Chalk Sports Talk. We'll uh, share some audio with you coming up in a little. We'll have our uh, Rock Chalk Pickhawk recap next. Kevin Flaherty is going to join the show at 440. Got some Bill Self audio we'll share for you coming up in our next segment, and then some player audio a little bit after that. Florida Man Mad Libs in the 5 o'clock hour. With Nick Springer, I'm Derek Johnson. This is Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN. Uh, Rock Chalk Pickahawk from last night. It was actually very close until our last round of picks, which I expected this to be the case. Yeah. You dropped the bag. Picked, uh, if I would have picked Keontae Johnson, I would have won easily. Yes. 
very easily. I ended up winning. But dude, I couldn't pick a K State guy. I just couldn't do uh-huh. it. I ended up winning 107 to 82 because Marquise Noel had 26. Yep. Michael Jankovic got you zero, and I won by 25, <laughs> and that's a 26 point swing. So well, you're, it makes you it better. Got the MJ best Rice there. got zero, and Zuby mm-hmm. Zuby was even worse. <laughs> he negative points. Negative one from Zuby. From um, Big Zub, negative. Yeah, I had three from Clements. Pettiford only got three, um, which he got the two fouls in the first half, which certainly limited his yeah. playing time. Yeah. But Yesufu got me 13. Which was almost the same amount. I'm I'm even surprised Kevin McCuller got you 17. I guess it's only because he only took two shots. Yeah, yeah, and he got rebounds. Mm-hmm. KJ got me 25. Dewan got you 21. I was surprised by this. Jalen got you 45, which it sounds like he should have more. Does it not? Yeah, yeah. And Grady got me 37. So it's like Grady only got eight less than Jalen. What? Is it because of the oh because of the steals right? Yeah, so four Grady steals. had four steals. I think Jalen had, had zero. Yeah, but Jalen did have like two Jaylen blocks, had three turnovers, and I think Grady might have only had two. Grady had two, and then Jalen had two more rebounds, but I think yeah. Grady might but have had more had, assists. Grady had or Jalen had thirteen missed shots. Yeah, but he also scored twenty two more points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. And Grady yeah. had what eight missed shots, something like that. Uh, Grady was four of thirteen. Hmm. I'm wondering, like, should, are, are what, we, what are you wondering? Are we getting to a point? Should we just should we change this up where we only do four rounds moving ahead instead of six? I think so. Yes. Because I mean, the last two rounds it's, it's pointless. We're just taking you know MJ Rice and Michael Jankovic <laughs> and Zuby and Zach are combining for two points only because they had to play at the end of the game with guys in foul trouble. Okay, maybe we just. I think maybe we just change it to. Shorter rounds, but instead of saying you can pick a te- player from another team, we require that you pick one one player. So basically, that's for me to force me to pick a player <laughs> from the other team. I kind of like making you sweat it out over the idea that you have the choice of which what you want to do, <laughs> because then you have to like fight at odds with yourself to yeah. pick the the opposing player. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'm fine with that. So we just do four rounds, guaranteed one so then player. From each the of us would have. Four players. Yeah, so each of us would have three KU players and one from the other team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I think that's good. Okay. I think that's good. And that way, for a team that basically only plays a seven- or eight-man rotation, but realistically, it's only six guys you can go into a given game and be like, they're getting minutes. Yeah, you can, you're can. you guaranteed to get some guys that are going to score more than zero points. Mm-hmm. I think that you, works out you well. You think? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, that but is now uh, you're up eight to seven. Yes. In the total standings. Total Back ranks. and forth it goes, though, man. Yeah, so you started. It was what five and zero, and then I went, and then I won six straight. Yeah, got six to and five, like and then seven been, of the next nine. And then, so it's been back and forth mm-hmm. since then. I'm feeling a run coming though. From me? From me? No, from me. Because that was that was a game for me where I was like, I snuck out a win. I probably shouldn't have because of the sixth round that happened. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna learn my lessons, but also okay. improve from it. Okay. And here comes the run. Hey, whatever you whatever you need to, <laughs> whatever bulletin board material you need, go for it. Okay. Um, we are going to take a time out here. When we come back, we've got some Bill Self audio. Spoke with the media after the game. And then we'll have uh, some player audio in the 4 o'clock hour. Kevin Flaherty will join us at 440. We've got a college basketball whip around. Florida men, Mad Libs, more KU basketball talk coming throughout the late rest of the show. He's Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. This is Rock Chalk Sports Talk. You're listening on FM 1017, 1320 KLWN, KLWN.com, and the KLWN app. Depend on it. <laughs> 
4 o'clock hour. You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk. Thanks for joining us today with Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. Later this hour, we're going to be joined by Kevin Flaherty of 24-7 Sports. Talk a little KU Hoops, Big 12 basketball. We'll have our college basketball whip around coming up in our next segment. If you're looking for the perfect destination for your next social or corporate gathering, Venue 1235 is a large climate-controlled event space with a catering kitchen, private suite, and a covered patio. They are located right off I-70, just five minutes from downtown Lawrence. Check out Venue 1235. They've got some uh, fun stuff coming up, too, with a uh, comedy night and also like a... uh, It's like a wedding expo venue, so if you're like getting married and want to try different like cakes and all sorts of things that you have to make decisions on when you're doing a wedding, they have like a ticket you can buy and try all these different things and figure out what you want to do. So check that all out with uh, venue 1235. I'll have to do that for my upcoming wedding. Oh, you're getting married. (laughs) Didn't know you got engaged. I'm not getting married. Okay. Married to the game. (laughs) Married Um, to the grind. (laughs) Would you, if... What's up? You know, you're engaged, and then you find out on the altar, your wife tells you, I'm actually a Kansas State fan. Well, she's not my wife yet. Well, okay, at the time, your fiancé then. um, Says, I'm actually a Kansas State fan. I've been hiding it from you because I've been worried worried about what you would say. Oh, I would find out way before then, for sure, easily. But hypothetically, are you leaving her off the altar? Uh, I I don't, it just wouldn't happen. I would find out. No, I want to know your, I want to know your answer here. It would depend on the level of Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Nick. What? Dude, listen. People have their interests, their likes and dislikes. I don't think, listen, it's not a a knock against her. It's just a, I don't know that it would work out. Okay. Because most K-State fans that I've met are extremely annoying. Okay. So I'm just saying. Listen. But it's, mm-hmm. I, I don't understand why people think that's a, that's a negative. It's, it's not. It's it's really excellent self awareness on my uh-huh. part to be like, hey, listen, you know, everyone has their likes and dislikes. I like you that know? you turned this into a strength. It is great no, self awareness for me. It is a strength. Uh-huh. It's a it, it is definitely a strength. <laughs> that's good. Listen, you can be you can be a fan of any team you uh-huh. want, just not them. It's just or Missouri. You know, if you're if you're gonna be annoying, then it's not gonna work. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Sorry. I'm glad we got that out of the way. Um, there are two people today that are really more in the aftermath last night that I don't really want to deal with. Okay. I'm just going to say this now. Uh, the people who are screaming about the refs after the game, and to be clear, there were K-State fans all throughout the game screaming about the refs. There were KU fans all throughout the game screaming about the refs. Um, I I am, I am, hate the people who are like, okay, you only wins because of this. So Listen, The refs are like the weather. They're just there. Yeah, and you just got to play around them. Yeah, play through it, them. Whatever. And by the way, the people who are like, "This is the, one of the best games of college basketball this season." I'm like, dude, there was a there was a foul every other possession. How was that one of the best games? It was a close yeah. game. It was a good game. It was a good game. Yeah, two good teams. But in terms of lot, like, but. in terms of like game flow, it wasn't that great. In terms of you know. Kansas-Iowa State might have had better game flow than that one did last night. There was just <laughs> slower game and less possession. But, like, yeah. every play was a foul in that game on both teams. Yeah. And uh, yeah. the people who were, like, pointing out the end, I mean, like listen. the screenshot of, oh, he was he was out of bounds. Okay, well, whatever. Kansas got know. away with this fee travel. And, like, listen. I don't even know if he was fully out of bounds. And I don't, I, and I don't many, care. They messed up so many times exactly. at the end of that game. That's I don't know not how many why they times lost. I got to say this. Generally, when they have bad calls, they equal out yes. over the course of the game. They balance out over the course of the game, generally speaking. Mm-hmm. 
I think that's what happened last night. I so 100% I don't, agree with I that. I just don't care. I 100% I agree. I really do not care. I have no further It's not why Kansas lost. Analysis it's really to offer not. on any of that. Yep. Um, and then the other the other crowd is the the people who I, I've been seeing this a lot lately, and I, I was surprised I even saw a couple people say it last night. Jalen's shooting too much. Oh my gosh, he has 38 points. Nobody else can score. Yeah, he was LeBron out there. He had 38 on 25 shots. He shot yep. nearly 50% from the floor. Yep. He had half of your team's made threes. Yep. You want to know why he shoots a lot? Because A, he's good, and B, because no one else can create a shot consistently on the team. Yeah, I don't understand what's so hard to figure out about this. When you're rolling out a lineup of Dewan, Bobby, Joe, <laughs> and Doobie, who's going to shoot? Who do you want to shoot the ball? <laughs> right. Who? And it's like, I'll see a lot of people too, like when, even when it's the regular lineup, be like, we need to get more shots for Grady and less for Jalen. And, you know, I, I am pro to begin with, like, let's get more shots for Grady because it's fun to watch him shoot. But, like, in terms of, okay, you realize Jalen can but create Gra- his uh, own Grady's shot. Right? Not a, Grady's he doesn't not create a, his own shot. Really a cr- shot creating. He gets guy. the shot created for him. Generally speaking, yes. It's like pick and roll, we Gra- threw no, it to KJ, and then we threw to it say out there. Grady is, I will say this. Grady, I think, is really good at back cuts and yes, cuts and like that. So that I guess he's creating his shot without the ball. Yeah, but in terms of like having the ball and creating his own shot, it's it's Jalen. Correct. So it's like it's it's just manufactured that way, and, and we've seen games and where Kohler has been terrible on offensively. Yes, the past Dewan the last games. two games has what three combined points? I think one of nine or one of ten shooting. Like yeah, somebody well, has well, to shoot the ball. He had zero points against Iowa State. Brady went one of eight from three. Somebody has to score. Jalen has I done was, that. I was considering floating this to you, and I'll float it now. But I want to make mm-hmm. sure I say it in a way that doesn't that makes clear what I'm saying. Is it possible to have too many of the like you you we had the do you remember when we had that discussion about you were like this is a great not box score team for yeah. Kansas right like like you know guys that do a lot of other stuff is it possible to have too many of those type of guys on one team yes I think so because do you if, think Kansas has that problem right um now? I think right now because Kevin's not scoring but I guess KJ's scoring KJ's enough scoring though KJ's scoring a lot. So, I, I, it listen, just feels like you need one more, one more had, score. The the quote unquote not box score guys discussion. Mm-hmm. You would put Dewan, you would put Bobby, you would put at this point Kevin in that category. Mm-hmm. And and assuming KJ doesn't continue to shoot this well or score this well the whole season, you'd probably put him in that category too, right? Maybe I mean it's it's been what nine or ten straight games. Where yeah, I mean, double now figures, he's double at this point, like yeah, I mean, that might he, just be who he I is. I mean, if he averages fourteen in conference play, then that kinda, that's just who he is. That's just you who know, he is. yeah. No, I agree with that. But I, I do think I think. But just, is it? I didn't listen. I didn't want to like mm-hmm. trigger you anything. But I'm just floating the idea. <laughs> is it possible to have that this Kansas team maybe has too many of those guys and not enough guys that can just go score? I think you need one more score. But I, I think when it's either has to be Kevin McCuller comes back to a score, Bobby Pettiford gives you something off the bench, one of the centers gives you somebody listen, else. When I say too many of those not box score guys, basically what that means is like. Obviously, those not box score guys have taken Kansas to a sixteen and two record. They're going to win a lot of games if your whole team is blue guys. But they might lose some games, like the K State game, Mm -hmm. where you go six of thirty from three. Yeah, and to be clear, I, 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 you understand what I'm saying though. I don't think they have too many of them, um, overall. But right now, when Kevin is struggling to shoot and Bobby's not giving you an offensive searching for a shot, it is at that point. So. Basically, the way I view it is you need, because right now it's basically been Jalen, 
Grady, but he's been hit or miss the last three games in terms of his shooting. And then no KJ and for then, the first like twelve games, but or not the first twelve, the first mm-hmm. however many games before he started getting double figures. But then KJ since then. I think basically you need four guys to be able to be hitting offensively in a given night. So hypothetically, that'd be Jalen Grady and KJ, and then one of Dewan, Kevin, Joe, or somebody off the bench, or Dewan mm-hmm. or Kevin. Yeah. I mean, okay. think about some of their best games. It's been oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. four yeah, of them hitting, yeah. right? No, yeah, you're, you're right. You're right. I think that's what it is. Yeah, right. I, I will say for last night. It's not and it, I don't it's not a knock to say that you have a bunch of glue guys. That's not a knock. No. That's just what it is. No, but if you have too many, yeah, it does become a problem and and from what I don't it, I and I don't even know that I'm going to go as far as to say that it's a problem for this Kansas team because there's they're 16 and 2. They're 5 and 1 in conference mm-hmm. play in the toughest conference in America. They're probably going to win the Big 12. So I, it's not it's I'm not I'm not even say I'm not even suggesting that it's a problem. I'm just saying like we had that discussion about the the glue guys, the not box score guys and Kansas has a lot of those guys, and in certain games, like this K-State game, maybe it is a little detrimental that they don't have anybody else that they can go to as a score. Yeah. Yeah, so like in a vacuum in a game like that, that's kind of the case. Um, uh, yeah. That was such an unbelievable performance from Jalen last night, though. It, it just sucks they lost the game to, yeah. to not kind of carry over to it. Yeah, um, that, was, that is sad. That is sad. He was really good. and that I was, just, I was really sad for Jalen. Like after in, the game, like I was sad as a fan, and then I was like, "Dude, Jalen, man, that's what made me most sad." Like even in a loss, that should be used in his profile for a possible National Player of the Year award. Like he he was he was so excellent and just carrying you. Yeah. What's what's what is, what's tough about this though is Jalen has this game right. Mm-hmm. Well, Zach Eady had a, basically a similar stat line against Michigan State and Purdue won. So everyone's gonna be like, "Oh, remember that." Time that Zach Eady beat Michigan State, and everyone's going to be like, remember that time Jalen had better stats but lost to K-State? That's what's going to happen. Yeah. Because Zach Eady had like 32-17 and 17 against Michigan State, I think, and they won, and that was on Monday? What's today? Today's Wednesday? Yes, it was Monday. Monday, mm-hmm. yeah. And then the next day, Jalen goes for 38 and however many rebounds he had and put in a loss. Well... He uh, is certainly tracking on that line of being the next KU player to, to hit past 20 points per game. We'll see if it holds there. It's at 20.8 right now. The only other players on that list, Frank Mason and Wayne Simeon. Um, the thing going for Edie is he's still averaging 21.9, which is a point better than Jalen. He's averaging 13.4 rebounds, which is four and a half rebounds better than Jalen. <laughs> Jalen is averaging double the assists, 2.6 to 1.3. Um, let's see. Jalen's averaging 0.8 steals. So that's about half a steal better than how Zach many, Eady. How many blocks per game is Zach Eady? is getting 2.2. Is Jalen's that, at I point mean, six. Is that? I'm assuming that's pretty good, 2.2. Yeah. Is that pretty good? But, yeah, both are averaging the same amount of turnovers per game. And then Jalen can actually shoot threes. Zach Eady cannot, but Eady is shooting 61% from the floor. That's pretty good. Yeah. So, I mean, it's definitely Zach Eady still to lose, but that last night was certainly the performance of a National Player of the Year, of a National Player of the Year candidate. Yes, absolutely, 100%. It feels like he's definitely trending toward being Big 12 Player of the Year. It's going to go to whichever win, team wins it. Yeah, if K wins the Big 12, yeah, I think yeah. he'll get it. Like, if K-State won it, it'll be, you know, Keontae Johnson. Yeah. If yeah. Uh, I guess Iowa State would be the one where it's like they probably don't have the one guy who has the stats big enough, but like... Yeah, I mean, if Kalsher just keeps going nuts, yeah. maybe... But if like TCU won it, it'll be like Mike Miles. Yeah, yeah. 
Okay, we have some uh, player audio from after the game. Jalen Wilson, after the performance, K.J. Adams was with him as well. Here is uh, what they had to say. Jalen, what, what was the play on the last play? And, um, say it again. The, the last play, what was, what was, the, what was the plan? Uh, we were just trying to get the ball in. Uh, either get a, either like a, kind of like a bus screen for one or me at the post from the sideline. But uh, kind of just got mixed up in things. And, uh, you know, unfortunately turned the ball over. 38 points up I mean, yeah, it was, it was it's good, but you know, when you don't win, it kind of just kind of just takes all that away. I mean, the feeling feeling really isn't there, you know. When, when we we won a lot of games like that, and uh, you know, I don't know if it just caught up to us with playing teams close and uh, ended up winning, but uh, you know, we got to find a way to to win winning games like that. Yeah, that was yeah that that was on my fault for putting uh I kind of got both my feet on top of him instead of just one. Um, didn't want him to catch the ball, but that's that's on me for, for letting him spin and do that. At the end of the day, what was the difference between two teams? Um, you know, I'll probably just say uh, loose balls. We didn't, sometimes we didn't get a lot of loose balls, but I think we played hard. Um, Jalen had a really good game, so it, that's just how our league is. It's really hard, and sometimes you fall short. Didn't coach say anything about the timeout? You hit the three as he was calling timeout. Did it put you up, I think, 40. Did you say much about that? No, I mean, it was it was a good timeout. That that shot was uh, was good to go in, but, you know, that doesn't really make, make anything as far as the game. Uh, we were still up. We still had the ball, so we really didn't do too much. How did K-State's athleticism prevent you guys from Um, probably just their pressure. They they um, didn't let Juan have the ball too much, and they were making some some really hard shots. So it's kind of hard to get back from when they're shooting lights out, and we shoot six for twenty something. Jalen, how hard to play overtime, the bulk of the end of the game with with starters on the bench fouled out, and KJ for you, same thing. How hard was it to watch? Uh, it's very difficult just seeing guys getting fouled out the game like that. Um, I felt like it was a really physical game, so it was kind of hard to uh, kind of just, I feel like some of those calls were a little close. Uh, Grady's charge that he attempted was a block, but I felt like that was a pretty good charge. But, you know, that's basketball. Calls go go different ways, and, uh, you know, no matter who's out there, we got to gotta find a way to come out with, with the win and have success. So it's not, can't make any excuses about that. Yeah, fouling out um, in a close game like that kind of, Kind of sucks, but um, I had trust in them. But sometimes we just fell short today. Uh, I think he kind of just saw that I was giving him some some trouble, and he just told me to, to stay on him as much as I could, and uh, you know, kind of just use my length and strength to get him. He's a bigger guard. Uh, you know, well weight, got a got good strength, so it was kind of like a good matchup between us. Yeah, we, we were getting through everything as, as far as at like the end of the game. Um, they weren't really helping off the the pick, so it gave me like three options: shoot, pass. 
or um, look back to one. So, I don't know. How good was the environment? You guys played a lot of great environments. Oh, it's always a great environment here. Uh, the fan base definitely comes out for, for when we come here. Um, and, you know, they, they used it to their advantage today, made some good plays, good good shots, and their crowd, you know, reacted the way we assumed they would. So, uh, you know, hats off to them for that. Taylor, first loss to K-State. Uh, it's fresh, I know. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, our conference is good, and uh, they're a good team. And great thing about basketball is that we'll have another game in two days, three days. So, uh can't really, you know, harp on this too long because you know I got another good team coming at home, and you know we'll get to see them again, and you know that's the that's the beauty of the Big 12, uh, get to learn from a lot of things and, and have to move on quick. All right, that was Jalen Wilson at the end. There was also joined by KJ Adams after KU's loss by a point in overtime in Manhattan to Kansas State. We're going to take a timeout. We got Kevin Flaherty joining the show in less than 20 minutes from right now. College basketball whip around next. Welcome back in. You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk with Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. Normally joined on Tuesdays by Kevin Flaherty of 24-7 Sports, CBS Sports. But uh, yesterday we were out. We had a, a short show because the Crimson and Blue show took over uh, here on KLWN. So Kevin was kind enough to be able to reschedule and talk with us here on a Wednesday, which uh, we get to react to the uh, event of Kansas falling to Kansas State last night. Close game in overtime, and we kind of talked earlier about the game and how I don't think this is an indictment or anything on Kansas. Sometimes you just lose close games on the road, especially in a conference like the Big 12. But uh, what for you was your biggest takeaway from the game last night? Yeah, I think it's really hard to win in the clutch without three of your starters. It <laughs> <I think laughs> doesn't help. You know, I, I think I think that's a, a pretty good takeaway. No, I think you know you you look at it and in Kansas State won it, and it's funny because you know I look at shot quality a lot. That website that that kind of tracks what you should be doing and what others should be doing, and and it kind of said that that K State should have won that game last night. You know, by I think a couple points and. You know, K-State had a, had a couple misses at the rim and some things like that. But Kansas really, you know, you look in regulation in particular, the missed free throws really stood out. And, and some of the three-point looks were just outstanding looks, guys. I mean, the, the kind that you try and draw up, and, and they still didn't go in. And, and sometimes that happens. And so when that happens, when you have the foul trouble – you know, Dewan Harris. I, I thought. You know, I, I'm not a I'm not a doctor, and so I'm not trying to make any sort of thing. But I thought when he came back after his fall, you know, he seemed a little bit off. You know, and, and so I think when you look at all of those different things for Kansas to be there, final possession of overtime, have the ball with the chance to win. You know, it wasn't the worst outcome in the world. Obviously, you would have liked to win that game, but at the same time, like you said. You know, the the old saying goes, the best way to win close games is to not play close games. And, and I think that's a big part of the reason why. You have a, a miss here, you know, a miss there. They have, you know, an untimely make or, or you know, a mistake here or there. And, and you can, you know, go over and over and over again and say, man, if just one of these plays would have changed, you know, Kansas escapes an extremely hostile atmosphere with uh, with a really big win. And so that, uh, that was kind of my takeaway from it. Is there a team in the Big 12, and, and maybe it's K-State, 
who you think, just in terms of the matchup with KU, is may, is maybe the toughest matchup for Kansas this season? That's tough because we haven't seen them all. And, and I think that, you know, there are ones that you could kind of speculate a little bit. I think when you look at TCU, both having, you know, a giant center in, in Lampkin who is possibly going to uh, – he, he's going to have a major size advantage with how physical TCU is as a team. You know, with TCU, the problem is, and, and we talk about this, I feel like every week, but TCU just can't shoot. But at the same time, you know, when you when you look at that team, when you look at how comfortable they are playing at a faster tempo, how physical they are, I don't know if you guys watched when they played Kansas State, you know, they, they kind of ground K-State into dust, you know, and, and I'm not using that as a as a knock on, on Kansas State at all. I, I think that TCU has a has a really good team, and so TCU is one of those teams that, that I could kind of see being a tougher matchup. Kansas State, you know, stands out as one that would be a tough matchup because I'm not sure, especially when, when Kevin McCullers not playing well overall, I'm not sure that Kansas has a great matchup for Keontae Johnson in particular. But uh, but I would say just guessing based on what I've seen across conference play, it, it might be TCU. Well, that'll be interesting, certainly for Saturday. Um, sure. What do you think to you, if because I, I know Kansas is still the, the Big 12 title favorite, whether you're looking at betting odds or a site like Ken Palm, it still has them as the favorite. But let's say there is a... I don't know. I, I dare to call it disaster, but like you know what I mean. Uh, what what is the disaster scenario? What would be the biggest difference of whether Kansas does win the Big Twelve or not this year? Yeah, I think one of the really interesting things when you look at, at Kansas is the Kansas State game was somewhat of a nightmare scenario, and that KJ Adams I, I feel like is so important for this team. And when he gets into foul trouble or Dewan Harris gets into foul trouble, you don't necessarily have a like-for-like like replacement. I think Kansas can do some interesting things to, to work around some of the other guys. You know, Jalen Wilson isn't generally super foul-happy in general, so you're not worried about that. But I think when you start looking at nightmare scenarios and maybe where things could go wrong, I think we've seen in the last few Kansas games and kind of across the Big 12, guys are really starting to get whistled for kind of ticky-tack things, I feel like, across the conference. And and it feels like a shift that's happened within conference play. I don't know how you guys feel about it, but, you know, you go back and watch Kansas and, and, and Texas Tech and Lubbock, and it was, it was a WWE match. I mean... <laughs> You know, you, you, the the ball comes loose on rebounds, and guys are pretty much drop kicking each other and throwing each other out of bounds <laughs> to get to it with, with no calls. And and I don't know if everybody came together after that and said, "Hey, no more," or, or what the deal is. But it feels like every Big Twelve game I've seen since, or at least a lot of them, and certainly multiple Kansas games, it, you've seen it played with a really tight whistle. And I think. Barring Kansas finding a way to develop some depth, and of course, you know, Bill Self has done that before, and and we joke around and call certain games like, oh, this was the Jamari Trailer game, or the Mitch Lightfoot game, or whatever, because the depth piece inevitably steps up in a game that, that Kansas has to have. But barring that depth piece developing, 
I think if they continue to call Big 12 games in this way, Kansas is a relatively physical team. And one of the things that they do well is, is K.J. Adams is physical. He's somebody that can get into foul trouble. DeWan Harris, when he's at his best, you know, is a physical defender, you know, who has his body in things, gets his hands in and things like that. And so I think if you're looking at sort of a nightmare scenario, if the Kansas maybe gets clipped in a few of these games because the guys who Kansas can't afford to have pick up fouls are the guys that wind up picking up fouls. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And, and when you look at, yeah, the Tennessee game, Dewan Harris fouls out. It's sure. like there's uh, certainly, it's only two games, so it's hard to say a trend, but those would be similarities between the two games or the two teams. Who, who do you think is the biggest title threat to Kansas in the Big 12? Is it Kansas State who just beat them? Is it. TCU on Saturday, because like you said, the matchup-wise, that could be interesting. Is it a team like Texas or maybe even Iowa State, who we saw beat Texas last night? Uh, maybe Baylor can just go on a long run. I don't know. Who do, you, who do you view as the biggest title threat for the Big 12 to Kansas right now? Yeah, I like Iowa State's ability for that defense to travel. Uh, and I, I don't know that Iowa State has the pop that some of the other teams do, and, and certainly Iowa State's been helped out early because Gabe Kalsher has been that guy. And, you know, Caleb Grill made some big plays against Texas. If they can get guys to step up on a night-to-night basis, Iowa State, I feel like, is going to be there until the very end. But even if they don't, I I like that team maybe more than, like, a K-State to be there in the end because I think there's going to be more consistency with that defense. K-State and Baylor are very similar, I feel like. And obviously they played an extremely close uh close game earlier this year that Kansas State won. But I feel like they're very similar in that the defense isn't there. They can pick you apart and on the on the right night or the wrong night for your team, you know, they their offense can make your defense have a really hard time. But it's tough to to carry that over consistently night over night over night when the defense isn't also there. And I think that that's the thing that maybe makes me favor a TCU or, or an Iowa State a little bit more is you feel like that defense is going to be there every night. They may not always make shots, but they can survive games where they don't make shots because of how good their defenses are. I don't know if you've thought about this much. We're not quite to the halfway point of Big 12 play. We're, we're getting there. But uh, if you had to pick an all-conference first team right now in the Big 12, I would imagine Jalen Wilson – I don't know, Marquise Noel, Keontae Johnson, Marcus Scott. Like, there's a lot of really good candidates that you'd have to think about here. Keontae George, Grant Sherfield. I don't know. Uh, have you thought about it at all uh, of what you would go with at this point in time? No, I haven't thought about it. I've thought about the top two, I feel like, are Jalen Wilson and Marquise Noel. And I know that Noel hasn't been quite at that pace the last, you know, game or two. But, of course, you know, he wasn't going to, <laughs> to stay on, you know, Steph Curry in the NBA pace, you know, for the – entirety of conference play you know Kalsher has been so good and, and you know you look at, at what he does on the defensive end as well Marcus Carr's another guy that you put in there I almost feel like Sherfield probably has to be in that top five just because you watch Oklahoma and you wonder sometimes like man if if Grant Sherfield isn't hitting that you know step back fade away over three guys like how does Oklahoma score on this possession? And so I think that that Sherfield is probably in that discussion. Keontae Johnson has been unbelievable, and I think that that he's probably right in that four or five slot. But I also think you could have you know four or five different guys 
kind of competing for that spot. So I don't know who I'd have in those last couple. Hey, if KJ Adams averages, KJ KJ Adams probably yeah yeah, yeah I was about to say if, if KJ Adams consider, ends up yeah. averaging you know fourteen and a half points in conference play would would you would you put him up there? Yeah, for sure, and I, I think too you know when you look at at what KJ brings in addition to scoring you know you look at gravity in the way the defenses have to react to him rolling to the basket and the way that they've reacted in a, in a lot of ways is making sure that he doesn't get all the way to the basket off the initial catch but how much has he grown as a short roll guy i mean being able to catch the ball and then either make a pass to the open guy or put the ball like he did against Kansas State put the ball on the floor and get to the rim i, I think kj adams is here to stay i really do i don't think that this is a flash in the pan where we're going to look back, you know, a couple weeks from now and say, okay, that was that was KJ's hot streak, but but no more. I, I think he's certainly in that discussion, and I think he'll continue to be. Bill Self is probably so mad that you haven't said Dewan Harris yet. I guess. Uh, yeah. I guess uh, and, and see, I, I love Dewan Harris. I know you guys love Dewan Harris. Dewan Harris is like, you know, that bourbon that's like really high proof. And so it's not for everybody, I feel like, but, <laughs> but, if, but if you're, but if you sip, if you sip bourbon, like if that's what you do, if you're somebody who does that, like you can appreciate the complexity of flavors and, you know, and the different things that, that are brought there. I just have a hard time believing when you're looking at all conference teams that voters across the big 12 are going to get behind you know, a single-digit point-per-game scorer like DeWan Harris, if he's not scoring the way he did a few weeks ago, I just don't know that there's the nuance there, right? Like, I I feel the the same way with with some of the football stuff. I know I'm pretty sure we talked about, like, Jared Casey's candidacy for all Big 12. You know, I don't think that a lot of the voters were out there actively looking at, you know, how well fullbacks impacted run games <laughs> or, or, you know, different things like that. And I feel like Dewan Harris is somewhat similar. You know, you you watch him play, you're like, oh, he had 11 assists. You know, he, he scored, you know, he scored but didn't score enough. Yes, I know he's good defensively. I'll move on to this guy who's, who's averaging 15 a game. And I really think that, you know, the voting process – because of that lack of nuance, but I still think if you put it to the coaches and put it in a way that was different where you said, hey, you've got to take this team overseas and, and compete with somebody else, pick the team that, that you think would win, I think DeWan Harris would get a lot more votes in that situation than he would for like an all-Big 12 team. Yeah, that and the positional stuff is always interesting to me with the oh, awards. Yeah. Um, and, and with KJ, speaking for his right, I mean, because they're, most of these good players are like guards and wings, maybe that could help him if somebody does want a, a center in that way. Uh, but we got you to – you made a, a bourbon comparison there for Dwan, and I know you love your bourbon. I know you love your barbecue. <laughs> is there any player you can compare in the Big 12 to a good – some sort of barbecue food? Oh gosh, that's uh, <laughs> putting you on the spot here. <laughs> that, 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 that's kind of tough. You know, it, it's funny. Um, maybe Jalen Wilson to brisket because brisket is naturally like a really tough meat. Like that's the reason you have to smoke it for so long, right? Is because it's not a prime cut of meat typically. It, it's very tough, and where it comes off, and so you have to smoke it and smoke it, and it takes time and everything else. 
But if you do it right, you know, at the, at the very end, and I think we've seen this sort of evolution to Jalen's game, especially from, from where he came in as a, as a freshman in that redshirt year and everything. Did you ever at that point think you would see him score 38 points in a game like the one in Manhattan? I mean, it's, I think that I would probably compare him to, to brisket at that point. And, and at this point he's, uh, he, he's somebody that's uh, that's been cooked and sliced pretty well, I would say. <laughs> you handled that very, very well, Kevin. Um, last Thanks, question. Thanks. I, <laughs> last question I got for you. It, it, I asked this to Nick in the last segment, and uh, my answer was I I just take the field. But um, if if I gave you your pick, you can pick any four teams across college basketball that you want to win a title. So you can you can pick whichever four those would be. Would you take that four or would you take the field? I, I would 100% take the field this year. And because I said that, it's going to be one of the four teams. <laughs> but, but no, it, it always feels like, and this is 100% anecdotal, but I think you guys agree with me. How many times do we say, like, the tournament is wide? <laughs> like, every year. Like, there are favorites, <laughs> and that's the year it goes chalk. Uh-huh. Like, it, it doesn't go chalk. Like, last year, I felt like going into the tournament, everybody was like, oh, Gonzaga and Arizona, you know, they, they might be a step ahead of everybody else. And, and yes, KU won as a one seed, but, you know, you wound up having, you know, a, a lot of upsets along the line. You wind up with an eight seed in the national title game. Uh, I think I would pick outside of those top four. I, I'd pick the, because I don't think that any of the four top teams, all of them are, are extremely flawed compared to how top teams have been, I feel like, in recent years. But at the same time, like I said, it feels like every time we say, oh, anybody can win this tournament, that's the time you have three number one seeds in the final four and, and you know, somebody that you expect to win the national title wins the national title. Well, Kevin, I appreciate the time as always, man. Thanks for being flexible and moving over to Wednesday. And uh, have a good rest of your day and enjoy as much burn ends, barbecue, and, and bourbon as you can. Every word with B. Thanks a lot, guys, and looking forward to the uh, the Florida Man Mad List. I'm excited <laughs> about this thing. There we go. He's Kevin Flaherty. Check out all his work. Does great stuff. 24-7 sports, CBS Sports. Uh, two hours down, one to go. This is Rock Chalk Sports Talk. There's a good teaser. Florida Man Mad Libs coming up in the 5 o'clock hour. We'll have a little KU basketball talk. Florida Man Mad Libs a little after that. With Nick Springer, Derek Johnson, this is RCST. <laughs> We've got another edition of Florida Man Mad Libs coming up in about 10 to 15 minutes from right now. With Nick Springer, I'm Derek Johnson. You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN. We kind of went over the bench a little bit earlier, but we usually do this after the game. We kind of have our bench thoughts for the game. And and so far this season, they've been kind of anticlimactic with the amount of impact or lack thereof that the bench has been providing for this team. But I really do think that when you look at their two losses this year, it kind of is the difference of having a deep bench or not. And so once you get to the NCAA tournament, we've, we've talked about this before, we'll continue to talk about it. Once you get to the NCAA tournament, the lack of bench doesn't matter as much. As long as you don't get in foul trouble. As long as you don't get in foul trouble. Which and that's been kind of the problem be here. maybe a problem? Yes, because both these games KU has lost. In the case of Dewan Harris against Tennessee, he fouls out. Um, and then in this last game, we had three starters foul out. It was foul trouble. Now, you did have injury stuff in both games. Dewan Harris, the uh, head injury that forced him to miss a few minutes, and then, like Kevin yep. was talking about, he didn't maybe look quite the same after coming back. Um, you also have 
the Bobby Pettiford injury and the Tennessee loss. You have Kevin McCuller playing through a groin injury and the Tennessee loss. So there were some other things that that went into it. But um, over the course of the regular season, the depth, I think, matters even more. And yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if there's another loss or two coming down the road that you kind of point to and be like, yeah, it would have been nice if they would have had a bench push. Well, and listen, when you play in a league like the Big 12 where night in, night out, you're playing stressful, difficult, physical games that come down to, I mean, for Kansas, think about this, the last, what, three or four games, they've had literally last-second possessions that have determined the outcome of the game, essentially. I mean, that's going to wear on you physically and mentally, right? And something we kind of touched on is, like, I think we talked about this on Monday, uh, the discussion of whether or not having more close games is, like, beneficial or maybe to a certain point it becomes detrimental. And for Kansas, when you don't have a deep bench like this, like we talked about in the Open, Jalen Wilson played every second of that K-State game. And now he's going to have to turn around and, and turn up against a physical TCU team. That's a little concerning. And when you look at the stretch that Kansas has, the mental and physical toll of this stretch could definitely come into play for KU. Like, I mean, would it shock you at all if there's a game in this stretch where Kansas just looks kind of flat? No. Where maybe that the, the physicality, the mental toughness that's required to play so many close games just kind of wears on them a little bit and they, they maybe do have a game where the energy is just not there. And compound that with the fact that what's the one thing that we've people we've talked to including, including Kevin Flaherty we just heard from what's the one thing that they've said that maybe defines Kansas from when they are struggling versus when they are playing well energy that's been the common theme of everybody we've talked to Matt Tate Kevin Flaherty Brian Haney all of them have said hey the difference between when this team is struggling and when this team is playing at their best has generally been the level of energy and if that energy level dips for Kansas because they don't have a bench to rely on and because they you know focus so heavily on the on the starting five that they have even if there's injuries or foul trouble or whatever like yeah you, you there could be some games maybe where it's just it's just not there for Kansas I and mean we we heard from Bill Self earlier this week on his presser he was he's like been giving them extra days off yeah yeah he's like in years past we would we would take one off day a week is that this year and because of the the way the the league currently is, where it's so difficult and every game so hard and every game so physical, yeah. and you're so tired afterward. Uh, this is a two day off a week league, yeah. And so you know, not having that bench depth, guys that are going to play a lot of minutes off the bench, guys that are going to impact things for you off the bench. And I mean, you could maybe ask Bill Self this question, and I don't think that he would give an honest answer. But does Bill Self consider in some of these games? Just even if it even if it's a close game, Jalen sits for five minutes. Grady sits for five minutes. KJ sit. I mean, well, the 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 other thing about KJ is KJ actually I will say his minutes have been managed pretty well this season. I think KJ is averaging around 25, 26 minutes per game, which is not a ton considering how much he impacts the game. But I mean, would that shock you? Maybe if 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 if, if it's a close game, and Bill Self is maybe thinking Jalen needs some rest. You know, maybe even though it's a close game and we need him out there, maybe I'm looking more towards the future, toward more towards later in the season, and I give him a blow here. Maybe Dewan gets an extended rest. I, I don't know. And again, I think if you ask Bill Self that question, there's no way he would give an honest answer to that. But you have to wonder 
over these next couple weeks if maybe a thought like that doesn't creep into his mind. I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, that I mean that stretch that you keep alluding to, it's it's here. Here, here. It's let here. me read it off. For yeah, we're in it now. If you don't know, uh, TCU at home on Saturday, which TCU is a very good team. At Baylor on Monday, again, very good team. You're at Kentucky the following Saturday, which Kentucky has certainly fallen off this year, but like that's not a game that you're going to feel comfortable going on the road for, you know. Uh, Kansas State at home the following Tuesday. Then you're at Iowa State the following Saturday, which that's going to be as big for the Big 12 title as any. Then you're back at home against Texas. And I mean, honestly, you could just extend it through the rest of the season if you just want to say stretch because we we almost saw Oklahoma I mean, and Oklahoma been, State beat <laughs> yeah. Kansas have, in Allen Fieldhouse. You have back them back-to-back back on the road. Yeah. Then you have Baylor at home at TCU. And then maybe you have a nice little finish with West Virginia and Texas Tech at home, but then you're at Texas to finish off. So... Yeah. It's tough. So, I don't know. And, again, I, I don't I don't think – I think Bill Self would deflect if you ask that question to him. But it, it may become a legitimate question mm-hmm. in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean – Well, once again, they're, they're 343rd like, in bench like minutes. You want to win the Big 12 title. You want to win all the games you play. But you also want to win a national title. Mm-hmm. And if, if you have dead legs – from your guys going into the tournament, you know, but the other, the flip side of this is we've heard a lot about this with the NCAA tournament is the TV timeouts are longer in the NCAA tournament. You get more breaks in the NCAA tournament in terms of in-game action. So I think kind of the general discussion is the NCAA tournament, once you get there, generally the fatigue factor kind of goes out a little bit. Yeah, because, okay, last year they were 301st in yeah. bench minutes. Yeah. Yeah, and they ended up being okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's less about I think the fatigue factor comes more into play with like mental toughness and also making sure guys don't get hurt. Yeah, I, I think the bent the the depth stuff is more impactful to the regular season than it is the postseason. Easily, yes. But I do think where the bench does matter, circling back to all this, is the idea that even if you're going to play a short bench, you're still going to play a bench. Like you're still going to play at least one or two guys off the bench. Well, and those that's not play- what Kansas did for the first. 12 minutes of the second half against K-State. I know, but I like, don't think they I don't think Kansas subbed until like 9 minutes left in the But second they're half. still going to sub at some point, whether it's the first half or second half. <laughs> I mean, at they, some point they they're going to sub. They're they at do, some point they, they're going to sub. They do right? have to, yes. And so in those minutes, to, yes. even if it is only one or two guys off the bench, the one or two guys off the bench have to be impactful players. And right now that or hasn't at really the been the case. At the very least they have to hold steady for 2 minutes. I, I think you need at least a scoring punch in some way. Yeah, I mean, we've yeah. seen so many games where Kansas, the bench, scores two points or zero points or five points, and it's just not enough. It's, it's I mean, really not. To me, right now, when Bobby replaces Dewan on the floor, when I when Bobby comes into the game, I'm thinking, all right, let's just hold, let's just hold what we have for the for three minutes before Dewan comes back. Is that sustainable? Is that sustainable to I, just I, always <laughs> be like, just you know, it's <laughs> and it's, like a, it's like a war movie in medieval times, though. Just hold. That's not a knock against Bobby. That's not a knock against anybody on this Kansas bench. It's just that the starting five that we've seen, they have they clearly have great chemistry together, and they clearly that five is by far the most effective five man lineup that Kansas has. I mean, that's why that's why they're mm-hmm. starters. I will say I actually thought Joe played pretty well. I know Bill Self said that in his post game too, so I guess I'm just copying there. Yeah. Um, yeah. He, I, I wonder if he's the guy, though. Again, I wonder played, if he's he the guy that... pretty well, but he only scored five points. I know, and, and that's in, what five I'm saying. Points in 21 I minutes. wonder if he's the guy where you just, like, you almost unleash the governor, and you're just like, just shoot at Will. Just just try to score as much <laughs> as you can off the bench. 
You know, we still know nothing about the center rotation. Continues to be. No. I don't know that Bill will ever do that though, because normally with Bill it's the opposite. Mm-hmm. It's, if you come off the bench and you just immediately chuck up a three and miss, <laughs> you're on the bench. You're going right back to yeah. Pine, right back where you came. I I think you're probably right, but like, there's got to be something, and, and maybe it's Bobby searching for a shot more. Maybe it is Joe being that ultra aggressive. Maybe it's finally yeah. finding some center who you can go to and be like, hey, can you at least get a couple yeah, buckets I mean, for us on the block? I don't but think that Bobby seem realistic. has ever gotten the ball and thought. I'm going to try to score whenever he gets the ball. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's been his thought process ever once. No, and, and part of that is why he can be a really good player because he is yeah. somebody who can replace yeah. oh, the yeah. one in that way. Oh, but yeah. yeah, as a facilitator, yeah. They need something from the bench, and uh, last night would have been super helpful if they had more bench guys they could trust, like MJ Rice, what happened to you? Yeah, think about that for a second with MJ Rice. You had a game where literally KU has, has four wings on their team, correct? I mean, if you want to count KJ a wing, that's fine, but whatever. Basically, for all intents and purposes of how they play them, KU has four wings on their team. Grady Dick, Jalen Wilson, Kevin McCuller, and MJ Rice. Two of the four players fouled out at his own position, and MJ Rice still didn't log any time. If that's not a bigger indictment of where things sit with MJ Rice's spot in the rotation, yeah. then I don't know what will. And I feel like I'm the only one talking about this anyway, so like I'm bringing it up to myself. I'm like staring at myself in the mirror and being like, "Hey, what about MJ Rice?" And I'm like, "Well, why? There, why? There, why are you bringing this up?" There are like, you know, there are people but, there I'm are sure people there are. asking about MJ Rice, but I but mean, I guess my point is, I think you, I think it kind it of ain't basically what you're year. saying, it ain't is, basically what you're saying is, we now have a very, 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 very clear. Definitive answer to that question. Yes. It ain't happening. It ain't happening. It ain't happening. He's Nick Springer. Forget about it. I'm Derek Johnson. You know what is happening? Florida Man Mad Libs. That's right. Next on RCST. This is a Rock Chalk Sports Talk News Alert. Office say this man sold crack to an undercover police officer all while wearing a shirt that said Coke on it. Ever wondered just how crazy headlines can get? And now the Broward Sheriff's Office is looking into this one. So if you recognize the defecating deviant dropping deuces on driveways, give Broward Crime Stoppers a call. Our headline experts have you covered. 42-year-old man was arrested for riding his bicycle on the front lawn of a Naples home and telling a woman inside he was an FBI agent. This is Florida Man Mad Libs with Derek Johnson, Nick Springer, and Sam Speck on Rock Chalk Sports Talk. All right, another edition of Florida Man Mad Libs, and this has been a very contested season so far. Oh, yeah. We, uh, two we, ties. Yeah, two ties. We have, or is it three ties now? Uh, no, la- last year, third uh, tie? tie? Last week, and then I think you. I think I won prior. last week. I believe it was tied up mm, to my, I'm pretty sure I, my it was tied. standard. Yeah. Either way, we oh. have a bunch of ties. Um, I only have a few more points than what Nick has, and uh, it's been it's been a battle. Yeah, every week every week has been a battle. Already on to week seven yeah. here. Now, by the way, this is Sam Speck in Speck. studio with us. Well, yes. and thank you to the new intro, by the way, because oh, I'm yeah, now included nice. in this process mm-hmm. within yeah. that, and it is hilarious. Nick, did you put that together? Oh uh, yeah, yeah. They, oh, okay. Not to round of myself that. No, I mean, you think Derek put that together? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> All right, already trash talking, and we've got some time. I think uh, we've got. We're some, speaking uh, of trash talk, Sam. Before the the I segment was. today, he said that the house is going to own this one. Mm. So I have to deal with Nick's trash talk. I have to deal with Sam's trash talk. 
Well, I've I've also we'll started to well, learn. Technically, to both Sam you. was trash talking both of us there. I yeah, was, I was, and I've started to learn yeah. because don't my, play the "woe is me" card. There, my so. questioning has now changed because again, I'm in terms underdog. Of, what can I say? In terms of phonetics, I try and phonetically create something that makes more sense, so that I throw you off, Derek, and then mm -hmm. for Nick, I try and make things that make uh, sound either so obscure or so normal. So that is where we're at today. I'm confident in it, and I hope you uh, again at home can be a part of our fun as well. So I I told them that they wouldn't get over five points, either of them, and uh, guaranteeing it. So I'm going to stick with my my word here. But, yes, Derek in a slight lead uh, currently. Uh, so for, points. for new listeners, just give a quick rundown of how the scoring how and how, how things work. Yeah. yeah, so if you want to play at home with us, here at how it is. We have four different rounds. Three of them will be the same, but the first round is only worth one Point. And within all four of these rounds, we will have a headline, which is completely legitimate and found mostly in the state of Florida. Sometimes they are all over the place, but again, it is Florida Man Mad Libs. These are real headlines. And these are legitimate, and uh, there's a rather abundance of them that come out of Florida, so it makes it a little bit easier. But the first round is worth one point because there's only one redacted worth. The next three questions will have two redacted words in them, and it's upwards of three points that you can get if you get the entire headline correct however of course you can garner one point if you get at least one of them so are you boys ready to get in here to week seven and oh, get yeah. with round number one let's oh, do yeah. it here it is this one actually has to do something with uh i think it's college football or at least a college athletic Ooh. program so a florida man was sued by blank for selling beer and cigars using the school's name and logo so this one, again, is just kind of a guess off of either who's going to be the most money grab one, who makes the most sense. Again, I'm throwing you guys for a left hole or a loophole here. <laughs> I don't know what I said. Florida man sued by either Penn State, USC, or UCF for selling beer and cigars. And USC is Southern California, by the way. The yeah, Trojans, yeah. the Nittany Lions. Or the uh, Golden Knights, is that what it is? Yeah, Golden yeah, Knights, yeah, uh, Golden Knights for selling yeah. beer and cigars. This is tough because this is interesting. It could be anyone. I mean, there's yeah. Well, I feel like the house is going to win today. I feel like maybe cigars is a tip off in one way or another. Like, yeah, what, so which one of those would be? I have with one cigars? clear one that sticks out to me in that way. But also, Sam came in here earlier and was like, "When you think okay, left, which you're going to go which right? One, which one sticks out? It's UCF with, with UCF. Yeah. Why? Because it, it, it's in Florida. And Florida is known for having its well, they they do, but also it's like the Closest you have Cuba, Cuba super yeah, close, yeah. and people smuggle like Cuban cigars and stuff. So that's okay. what it's known for. Okay. Okay. So um, that is the one that makes the most sense to me. But Sam was saying like everything is going to be not what you think, basically in this one. But is that just okay. him throwing mental warfare of the, that's at that's us? Part of you the know, mind is games. it is it that's double reverse mind. psychology? I'm going to go with UCF. Uh, with Central Florida here. So, again, Penn State, UCF, I, or USC? I'm going to go with USC because USC seems like the guys that would be tightwads and be, like, trying to find people that are using USC for to, to make their own way. So, I'm going to go with USC. It is a pretty sellable brand, you know, the Trojan, things yeah, like that. Yeah. But, boys, House wins this one. Florida man sued by Penn State oh. for selling beer and cigars using the school name. And I, I have the names, by the way. Uh, try and get away with this from your lawyer. It's called the Penn State Nittany Beer. <laughs> and it's also called the Penn State Nittany Lion Cigar. So it's not even creative. That's not even, yeah, like, they're not even trying. It's like they made a yeah, pun. Negative or... points to that guy for creativity. Yeah. I mean, what are we doing? All right, so the house with one point here today. I'm going to actually <laughs> note that one down. Number two, here we are. Florida Divers. And again, for those at home, by the way, there will be now two redacted words of worth of uh, three points in this one. But now we get to second, uh, the second round. Florida Divers who stole blank, then freed blank. In front of the police chief are arrested. 
So again, they are freeing something. That was in a, a, okay. the word that I said there in the middle. Okay. But again, the first redacted word will start there. Florida divers who stole either a boat, drugs, or fishing gear then freed a blank in front of the police chief are arrested, but we'll start with the first one. Fishing gear, boat, okay. drugs. What do you think these divers are I stealing? I feel like there? it's not a boat because if they're divers, mm-hmm. they're diving in the water, whereas the boat oh, is boat. on top of the water. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So why would they be stealing a boat if they're diving in the water? Yeah, no, my, my first reaction is it's fishing gear and that this is like... I think it's fishing gear too. This is like PETA or something, like some PETA, like... People who are who are taking action and they're they're oh, trying you're saying, to. You're saying PETA was the ones that are diving and stealing the fishing gear. Yes, and so remember, Sam said that they're freeing something, right? Okay. What if they have control? Of, I don't know. It's like Shamu or something. And they're trying to get him free. Or you know, or like the crates that they trap crabs in when they fish. Yeah. So, about like so they, they let the like crabs they, out. They know. get rid of the fishing gear so they can't keep doing it. What, you know, like deadliest catch stuff. Yes. So I, I'm 100% going PETA or not PETA. I'm, <laughs> I, 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 I'm going fishing gear. Okay. Eric's so locked in fishing. I don't think gear. it's a boat. Your fishing gear. What was the other option? Uh, drugs. So, drugs. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and you could. I mean, again, divers. You may have. You may had find a drop drugs. something or yeah. You know, something. I don't know. Yeah. Never know how okay, it goes, just to be different from Derek, I'm going to go with drugs. Okay, so we're locking in with the generic for Florida, and it very well could be. Again, a lot of these could be the generic, or a lot of them could be the ones that I'm throwing you for a left turn for. <coughs> Again, Florida divers who stole either fishing gear, a boat, or drugs, then freed, blank in front of a police chief, are arrested. That one thing they freed was an escaped convict, a shark, okay. or a wild cat. <laughs> so... What? This is a, this is a wild one here, and I I actually do have the the the, the context to the story, so I I want to let you guys kind of swell on this one. So the okay. wild cat does not seem to go with like okay. boat. You want to hear my know. theory? Okay, you hear my theory? Okay, so I pick drugs. I feel like drugs are Florida. Go okay, no 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 no. All right, here's the deal. Here's the deal. They brought somebody brought drugs and weighted them down and dropped them like to the bottom of like a shallow area of water, so that the divers could then dive down and pick them up that way. Okay, right. But then the police boat or whatever found them in the process and they saw a shark and they freed the shark to try to use the shark as a diversion to escape from the police, but it didn't work. I, I, not, I mean, again, it probably wouldn't be okay. out of the realm of something that happens in uh, Florida I'm going, I'm going on, a, on a random basis. So give me, give me shark. Shark it is for Nick. He's locking in. It's uh, creative. Derek, where are you going? You went fishing gear on the first one. So yeah. are you going with uh, an escaped convict, shark, or a wild cat? I just the the problem with the shark one for me is if you like catch a shark, you're not you're not like putting it in a tank on the boat and letting it live. You know what I mean? So like if they're if they're letting the shark if they're releasing it, it's probably dead. What? No. Nobody captures the shark to be. I don't know. You got again sharks escaped convict. No 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 no. They brought the shark cat. live with them as a defense mechanism. You guys are again. I, see saying, I have like divided I, this intersection. I'm telling you, I told I you it's going to go left or right. I really don't know. It might um, just have to be a guess here. Let's see. Sharks escaped. What are you going with, Derek? Come on, cat. dude. I don't know. Wildcat. All right, wildcat. It is. He's going to go with the craziest one. And uh, again, let me put this into context with you as soon as possible. But here is the full unredacted headline of it: Florida divers who stole fishing gear then freed a shark in front of the police chief 
are arrested. So you both actually come okay, away so with we got, a point. He's got one point. You there both come away, but here's okay. the context of the story. They were out fishing um, and caught an illegally caught shark, basically. So it was an endangered species that they weren't allowed to okay. have hooked. Okay, that makes sense. And then when they were then approached by the sheriff's department, they cut the line free and allowed the shark to then go. And then they found out that all the fishing gear that they had been using was completely stolen. So, uh, uh, you see, it was a misleading. It wasn't really their yeah. fault. Yeah, so they didn't, yeah, even, they didn't even know what they were using was stolen, yeah. basically. Yeah, and then also, but it's an endangered, but they also cut the line, which yeah, you're that's not bad. supposed to do. You're not supposed to just litter into the ocean of that manner. But nonetheless, you both come away with a point. Those at home again, we have two redacted words now on to the next question. Here we are. Florida man was bitten by a blank while blank. <laughs> so these ones are always fun. Love these ones. Love these ones. We'll start with the first <coughs> redacted word. Florida man was bitten by his neighbor, a piranha, or an alligator while blank. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like alligator is always the default option. It could be alligator. But see, okay, but we've had a lot of headlines in Florida where it's been like neighborly disputes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I think this could wrong. be neighbor. That's not wrong. I think this could be neighbor, too. Neighbor <laughs> is a sleepy, potentially good option. That was honestly The piranha one is like, y- you're kind of gambling if you pick piranha here, I think. Because... It's hard to pick that one without knowing the context of the second part. Right. I'm going to go neighbor. All right. Neighbor it is. Neighbor, another neighbor dispute, apparently, for Derek. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I was thinking neighbor, but it's also again, Florida. Have another redacted word. I'm going to go with alligator. Okay, so Nick's locking in with alligator. Here wait, wait, wait. Actually, I changed my mind. Uh, I want piranha. He wants piranha. Because okay. I've determined that if you get bit by an alligator, you're just going to die. Oh, they could just take a foot. Maybe. A couple toes. Depends where it bites you. Like yeah. That. Yeah. Who knows? Okay. Uh, well, I'm taking my answer to piranha. Florida man was bitten by either, again, an alligator, his neighbor, or a piranha while he was cleaning, <laughs> driving, or while he was sleeping. So, again, <laughs> it, it, with the piranha, could have been cleaning the cage or an alligator cage or his neighbor's cage. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but driving, sleeping, and cleaning are the three redacted words. Okay, so if, well, it's, if it's driving, oh. it would have to be he just like bought a piranha um, at the the yeah, pet store think, for his tank. Yeah, because I picked piranha, because I picked piranha, he, I don't like, think it's put his hand it in could there. be alligator if he was driving. Why would an alligator be in his car? <laughs> it's Florida, man. Don't alligators just hang out in random places? I don't know. Um, I think if it's neighbor, I'm going cleaning. Really? Yeah, maybe he's like cleaning outside, but I guess it could. Because I don't know why the neighbor <laughs> would bite him when he's sleeping. <laughs> And if the neighbor bites him when he's driving, maybe it was like was a, the neighbor in his car with him, or was maybe, he driving him somewhere? Maybe his neighbor he got in his car to leave his house, and the neighbor was mad at him about something, or whatever. And he runs over there, and they're like bickering, and the guy's like tries to drive away, and he like reaches in or leans his head in and bites him as he's trying to okay, drive so away. Got to either be driving or cleaning. <clears throat> I'm telling you, boys, I came up with some tough ones this week. I I, I think myself. I think it. I'm gonna go with cleaning. I think I have to. I think for me, because I picked piranha, I'm gonna go with the angle of he was cleaning the piranha tank. He has a tank of piranhas or whatever, and that he got bit doing that. I'll That's go driving. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go. I'll go driving. All right. So there it is. As we have both of these now. Here's the full unredacted headline: Florida man was bitten by an alligator while sleeping. So it's <laughs> simple. That's your simple one of the day. He was I should have stuck with alligator. Dang. He was camping in the Everglades, which, by the way, you should probably avoid pretty much mm-hmm. being in those areas unattended or without at least yeah, some of the I would, I would never area. do that. 
Um, but yeah, he was camping, and in his tent was then. I uh, I do believe he maybe lost a couple of toes and, and injury, but he's fine. He was okay. he was perfectly fine through the the rest of the yeah. aftermath there. But that is tough. Uh, coming away with zero points once again is the two of you. So the house wins once more, but Derek, I believe, with a slim lead. What you got? I think a one point lead as of right. I think it's two to one. Yeah, two to one. So here we go. Final question. But again, Nick can still get. A full three, and Derek can get a full three too, which means that he would beat my bet. I told him he wouldn't get over five, but I'll give you the over/under. So if you get to it, then I'll give you the tip of the cap. But here it is: this is the final one for you guys to play at home. A Florida man caught after attempting to blank police on blank. <laughs> so again, this is a pretty standard Florida one. But a Florida man caught after attempting to blank police on blank. The first one is to attempting to outrun. Attempting to run over, attempting to stomp police on blank. I don't think he would stomp them. And also, what he would, what would he stomp them on? I think it's got to be either outrun or run over. Which run over is pretty aggressive. And the theme of today's headlines has been simple. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with outrun. All right, Nick, locking in with outrun, outrun, run over, or stomp police on blank. Derek, what are you locking in at? What do we got this week? I'm doing outrun. He's going to go outrun as Ooh, well. Oh, that's interesting. So now we get to the I'm down by one. one. Florida, and I will just uh, tell you to the both of you, you were correct on this one. Florida man oh, caught nice. after attempting to outrun police on horseback. But, of course, the classic drugs in Florida or on a lawnmower. So he was either on drugs, on horseback, or on a lawnmower attempting to outrun police. Okay, you may remember this, Derek or Sam. We had a headline maybe a month or two ago. That was a guy on a lawnmower. Mm-hmm. I do remember the, that one. Yeah, but escaping yeah. from he, he police. A, so this is this separate. Is his cousin. Yeah. This is this separate. Might be. Yeah. <laughs> are you are you logging uh, in lawnmower? Or what are you going with? No, no, no. no. Like, I don't okay. think it's lawnmower. So I'm going that. horse. I'm going horse because of the term outrun. It's a horse. It runs. Ah. Mm, that's not a bad thought. So what are you? Are you going again? Lawnmower. Well, I'm down by one. Back. So I think I have to pick something that's not what Derek picked. Well, and it could. I guess I'll pick. I mean, gotta be careful. I don't think that you would pick a headline that's drugs. That's just that's kind of a boring headline. It is. Well, but it's a basic one. It's one that you can find pretty often. Yeah, exactly. I'm gonna go with lawnmower. All right, he's gonna go with lawnmower. Nick, we, are, we already had a lawnmower headline earlier, like this month. Yeah, and it was oddly similar. They were very similar in context, uh, but they are actually two different headlines. It was a lawnmower. Florida Let's man go! caught after attempting wow. to outrun police on a lawnmower. Again, I gave wow. you guys some really that difficult ones. That puts me in ones. first place, baby. I gave you guys some Woo! difficult ones. Nick comes away with a win today. Beautiful job. Hey, I'll Bang! tell you what. Uh, but I will say to both of you, uh, so you I did not. Four to three? Four to three. That's right. But like well, I that sucks, say, Derek. Well, you know what else? You know what else is great? What's that? The house wins today, baby. The bet was five <laughs> over under, no deal. And uh, again, for you out there that maybe beat five points today, then Twitter on the RCS Twitter or Derek's Twitter, whatever, get involved. Thanks for hanging out with us, Florida Man Mad Libs. I'll see you guys next week. He's Sam Speck with Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. This is RCST on KLWN. Depend on it.